It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans? It's Friday, which means it's Power to the Pod here on Locked On Dolphins Fan Mailbag, live on the YouTube channel. Uh, Locked on Dolphins, make sure you like this video, hit subscribe. If you're listening on the podcast feed on Friday night or Saturday, make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast. Power to the Pod means this show is in your hands. We're going to talk about anything and everything that you want to talk about pertaining to your Miami Dolphins. So plan accordingly and make sure you bring all of your most pressing questions and topics. Let's get after it. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? Hope you guys are ready for a little bit of group therapy here on a Friday night at 6.30 p.m. I uh, got a couple of you guys, Tom Cruise, in the comments section already on the live show. It's good to see you guys. Make sure you drop your questions, whatever you want to talk about. Your host here on Locked On Dolphins, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director scouting of the draftnetwork.com. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first listen of the day pertaining to your Miami Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it. So we got some iTunes review questions to get into, but I want to reward those of you who don't have anything better to do on a Friday night then to hop on the YouTube stream and talk a little Dolphins football. So, uh, Drunken Dolphin, fittingly, dropping the first question of the evening. Uh, it is post-happy hour window, but it's Friday. It was a long week. It's been a long month. So please excuse me if I have a sip of bourbon here on the stream. The Drunken Dolphin wants to know, will Jesse Davis get Tua killed again? <laughs> And obviously, you know, Brian Flores came out on Friday and said, you know, we're expecting no changes to the offensive line. The same group that played last week against Tampa Bay, we're expecting to be the group that comes out and plays against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I understand where the complaints in that reside and that Jesse Davis is at right tackle. And, you know, Austin Jackson, while improved versus playing at left tackle, was not great at left guard. I know everybody's seen the picture and the screenshot of uh, Jacoby Brissett getting sacked against Tampa Bay and Austin Jackson's three yards downfield looking down at the, the, the big screen in the end zone and Jesse Davis is sprawled on his back, flat on his back. But I do think, and you could take this with a grain of salt, and I don't think it says too much, but I do think the Dolphins offensive line played their best game against Tampa last week. Thought that was the best offensive line performance you've had thus far this season. So, if you want to try and build on that, I would love to see a little bit of continuity. I would also love to see Robert Hunt back at right tackle. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, personally, 
my offensive line would look different. Uh, but it seems as though they are resided for whatever reason. And maybe it's because he's the only guy with any legitimate experience on the offensive line uh, of more than just like a season's worth of starts that Jesse Davis is going to be one of the starting five. I've kind of accepted it. Is it ideal for me? No. Is he going to get two a killed? I don't think the pass rush plan or or the the pressure plan for Jacksonville is going to be as so double birds as what Buffalo was. Uh, and that was what overwhelmed Miami in that week two contest was just, we're going to cap your route. We don't trust you to have anything else that you're going to get into in your opening script. And we're going to blitz the hell out of you. So I'm optimistic. Uh, I still would like to continue to see six man blocking services, whether it is one of the tight ends or it is miles Gaskin, uh, hopefully continuing to work through his issues this is not an offensive line that's going to live in five-man protections, right? And, and I know everybody, you know, those of us in the fan base that have kind of gravitated towards, hey, if we have to make a change at head coach because this thing completely falls apart, Joe Brady's a lifelong Dolphins fan. And he's, you know, he had all this success at LSU with Joe Burrow and empty and spreading the field. And you damn well better get a whole different looking offensive line if you're going to try and run five-man protection with Joe Brady here in Miami. But that's that's for down the road. You know, I've got my personal short list. I'm kind of evaluating, talking to some folks around the league who are experienced with some of these previous head coaches and coaches who have been in other spots. But I don't want to do that content now. It's not the right time to do it. Uh, but I am preparing for that behind the scenes. So that way, when that time comes, if it comes, we'll be plenty prepared to have those conversations, uh, which I'm... Um, I'm hopeful that we don't have to have. I'm hopeful this thing does turn around and you look up and we blink and we're three and four going to Orchard Park to play the Bills and we're potentially uh, four and five going into week 10 with a home game against Baltimore. Like We can only hope things turn around that quickly. Uh, And I think that's the best case scenario right now is five and five. I don't think that's a a stretch to say. I don't think we should be expecting us to run the table and win six straight and get anything else going for us. Uh, So... We'll see. We'll see what it holds. Uh, but uh, let's see what else this show holds, uh, courtesy of you guys here. Rick, can we please get Kirk Merritt some playing time? Do can play. Yeah, Rick, he can. He really can. And, and he's physically talented. He's more athletically dynamic than a lot of, I don't know how Isaiah Ford, you know, is getting snaps and I don't know how Isaiah Ford even got in a position to make a catch last weekend. And that's nothing against Isaiah Ford, but he brings you nothing of appeal from an athleticism standpoint. And I don't know if this coaching staff is like, Hey, we want guys that know the system. We're going to elevate the guy that's been around us a little more. We got a little bit more trust with him uh, that he's going to execute. I'm not saying that's right. And I would make the argument and say, at some point you just need to embrace your talent, your physical talent. And I've mentioned this before on the show, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's mentioned this. It feels like the Dolphins are relying on their coaching staff to out-scheme everybody. Just let your best players play, man. Like, I mean, with, with the skid that you're on right now, there's no reason to have all these extra layers involved. Let's dumb this thing down. Let's take our best 11 in a lot of instances, and certain down and distance situations are going to dictate what that looks like but let's take your best 11 guys and let's let them go out and play and let's let them play simplified and let them play fast and see how your talent stacks up. Because as we are going through on the defensive side of the ball, as we're assessing 
who the long-term building blocks are. And I just got done finished recording the secondary podcast that's going to run tomorrow morning. You got a lot of building blocks on defense that are like physically talented players. So where's the blockade? How are we not lining up right? How are we not executing our assignments right? Are we doing too much because we brought a bunch of guys back from last year's team? If that's the case, let's water it down. Let's make this thing real simple. And I think Kirk Merritt uh, not getting action is a great example of let get your best physical talents on the field. And if you're not going to have Devontae Parker because he's out again, and you're not going to have Preston Williams who's questionable, and you traded Jakeem Grant, and Albert Wilson's going to be invisible, there's reps to be had here. And I don't know how Kirk Merrick doesn't get a li- at least a little bit of a look. Pat, what's up, brother? Of all the questions you put in here already, this is the one I'm going to shout out. Why aren't we calling Kyle Casey or Casey? Shouldn't we have given him a decent nickname by now? That's on you guys. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to... Not going to self-designate a nickname, but I love seeing so many of you guys who are in the comment section right now. I mean, we got a pretty lively bunch here for a Friday evening. Uh, So uh, against my better judgment, I am going to put Justin Herbert's comment up here. I wonder if this is the real Justin Herbert or not. But he says, I want a Tua versus Trevor shootout. I would love to see the Dolphins involved in a shootout. I would love to see the Dolphins post 450 yards offense and score 30-plus points. That that would be a dream come true based on how the first five weeks of the season have gone offensively for Miami, where it's kind of clunky, herky-jerky, kind of struggling to have any kind of rhythm. So you can sign me up, Justin Herbert, for a Tua versus Trevor uh, shootout. That'd be fun. Let's see. Next comment comes from, okay. Yeah. We'll put George up here since he's giving a little love to the haircut. Kyle, long time, long-term listener, but first time viewer, just want to say your commitment to the team with the Ace Ventura haircut is phenomenal. You absolutely love to see it. All I'm going to say on that front is make sure you plan accordingly and you are available to check in for our Halloween programming. First YouTube comment, or excuse me, first iTunes review comment comes from uh, MK. And this comment was left on the 11th. So it was midweek after the Tampa game. Five stars for you, Kyle. Thanks for everything. Offense was aggressive, which was good, but our defense continues to give up big plays and allow a lot of points. Against Tampa, they struggled defending the middle of the field. Our linebackers, especially Jerome Baker, kept getting burned by their running backs and tight ends. Also, he wasn't good in zone coverage, allowing a pass to go right by him for a touchdown. Can you do an evaluation on why our defense has regressed so much from last year? Everything. A little bit here, a little bit there. Uh, they obviously haven't had the the early script plays other than the the Vegas game. And they were magically up 14, nothing in the Vegas game and, and watch that thing melt away. Um, they have not had a lot of bounces of the ball go their way. They're not tackling particularly well. Uh, I don't think they're getting lined up right in a lot of instances. I do think communication and extra communication uh, is a blockade for them a little bit. When you think about 
all of the passing off of routes and things like that, um, that, that depending on how the route releases are being staggered and who's going inside and, and if you're pattern matching or if you're just playing straight man or straight zone, um, you see these guys talking a lot. And I think there's some flow and communication because you think about last year, right? It was Bobby McCain at free safety and it was Kyle Van Noy who was kind of the vocal leader, even though Jerome Baker did wear the green dot. Um, those two guys were guys that were pretty well versed in the defense. They were vets, uh, and you replace both of those guys with rookies. And, and I'm not saying that the responsibility falls on those rookies. Instead, I think I'm looking at Jason McCourty, who's played 73% of the defensive snaps thus far this season. And I'm looking at Jerome Baker and Elan and Roberts, who were in the system all year last year. Like those are the guys from a communication standpoint that have to be filling in the gaps a little bit. And I don't necessarily know if we've seen that or not. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. With a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked on to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are we talking a little Travis Fulgham here in the comments? Octavio, here's one. Who's playing boundary with Byron? Because Xavier Howard is out. That was announced today. Uh, Coleman, Igbenogany, or Nick Needham. I would like to see Coleman boundary and Needham slot. I'm, not in, I'm interested in seeing as little of Justin Coleman as possible. That's my perspective. I would love to see probably McCourty on the outside opposite Byron. and leave Needham in a spot where he's been pretty impactful, which is in the slot. Um, I think you could do some three safety stuff. I think you're going to have to do th- some three safety stuff where maybe it's Jones and, and Needham on the outside and, and oh, Brandon Jones, or, or maybe you roll Javon Holland down into the slot a little bit more because this is a team that's going to run the ball. They're going to try to challenge you and run the football. And they got a lot of size and mass up front and Miami uh, having Raquan Davis back for this game is nice. Uh, he obviously did not play against Indianapolis, which was a team that, you know, from a similarity perspective with how they run the football, I think you see some parallels. Um, but I think you need to, to avoid going too much of pure nickel. Um, and I think you definitely need to, be ready with three safety looks and Brandon Jones, an opportunity. And we're going to talk about Brandon Jones on tomorrow's show 
about how he's somebody who is an incomplete evaluation for me. I'm really interested to watch the next 12 games for him to get a feel for how high the ceiling is. Uh, this could be a good opportunity uh, for him. Cruz, I think Fulgham is a sneaky good sign. I absolutely agree. David said, I want to see Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham, very productive in short stretch of time last year for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's kind of cut from that same cloth as guys like Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, a big-bodied guy. He's not necessarily the most dynamic, but if you want a guy who can play uh, the X receiver on the line of scrimmage, uh, beat press coverage, play physical, kind of like Mac Hollins. Uh, I think he's stronger than Mac is. Uh, Travis Fulgham, I, I think he's a pretty interesting addition to the practice squad, and I certainly like the swap that they made uh, with the receiver who they dropped off in order to bring Fulgham in. Not sure he's going to get run this early in the process, and I would still defer to uh, Kirk Merritt uh, out of those two guys, but I do think Travis Fulgham has potential, as he showcased in Philadelphia, uh, to be a viable NFL wide receiver. Pat. Byron Leftwist is getting a lot of love as a future head coach. If we burn it down, would you give him a look or would you want to kick the tires on someone with a little gray in their beard? I'm open-ended to any potential candidates. And that's all I'm going to say on that matter. At this point in time, Ohio John, we are three years into his career now. How would you grade Christian Wilkins? I'm glad you asked. Uh, because Christian, for my money, has been excellent this year. Um, he has really played with a, a different level of consistency. Uh, he did get tagged once against Tampa Bay in which he got run off the line of scrimmage, uh, gave up some yardage on a double team. But generally speaking, I think Christian is realizing and fulfilling his potential. And it's hard to criticize him for the lack of splash plays in production because that's not really what this system is engineered to ask him to do. So I understand Dolphins fans, they're, they're looking at Quinn and Williams, they're looking at Aaron Donald, and they're like, these guys are getting 10-plus sacks. Christian Wilkins isn't anywhere near that kind of production. Well, he's not being asked to do that. And I think you watch him play and kind of when they do run some two-man games with Christian Wilkins, how well he, he does get skinny, and he, he, when he's firing off and he is coming off forward, he can stay low. He can get skinny. He can slip through creases, and he can accelerate. Um, he's very athletic, and the consistency thing with him has always been pad level, pad level, pad level, pad level, getting pushed off the line of scrimmage. I thought he, he's done a nice job this year of stabilizing uh, himself. Uh, next iTunes review is five stars. There's no question, uh, but I did get a chuckle out of it, and I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Uh, so it's from some assortment of letters that I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but the title is defeated and the caption is, I hate life right now. And, uh, I felt it. I felt it down in my bones and I just want to say, hang in there. And I'm doing my best to generate healthy conversations around the team, um, and keep this, uh, engaging and, and want us to, to continue to work, to see, what we need to be paying attention to as this team continues their journey to A, try and get better this year, and B, if they don't, or even if they do, what needs to change next year to avoid, listen, the mantra of this team this year was start fast. 
Start fast. One and four. Start fast. All right, let's see what else the comment section has for us. Let's see, AAH825. Kyle, I know that you tell us to stop looking at our misses. I'm curious, are there any players that you look at and really struggle to not get mad at us taking? Man, this hit me right between the eyes here. Okay, so my number one edge defender or pass rusher in 2019, and I love Christian Wilkins. I'm glad the Miami Dolphins have Christian Wilkins. Uh, But Brian Burns was my number one edge rusher that year, and he's been very good for Carolina. There's a couple of guys over in Carolina, uh, Jeremy Chin being another one, and and, uh, he gets a shout-out from AAH as well alongside Antoine Winfield. Um, Chin, I had a big-time man crush on Jeremy Chin. I had a big-time man crush on Brian Burns. I had a chance to talk with Brian Burns on uh, the draft-related podcast I do with Joe Marino, the Draft Dudes podcast, and we talked about the art of the pass rush. And it was really enlightening to listen to him talk about the game. And you just knew he got it, right? And I think if Miami wasn't playing in a defensive system that was Patriots in its lineage, I would have pounded the table uh, for Brian Burns. And I selfishly still would have liked to see Brian Burns uh, get the call. Um, Cesar Ruiz. Uh, from Michigan, who ended up in New Orleans, who Miami presumably got sniped on uh, in that 2020 draft by Jeff Ireland there at 26 before they traded back to 30, is another one um, that hurt. And obviously the dynamics of if you did want Cesar Ruiz at 26 and he was available at 18, Instead of reaching on the next offensive tackle, I probably would have just taken the guy that I wanted at 26 because he's a better football player. Uh, Pat, uh, do you consider a personal victory that have yet, you have yet to be featured on freezing cold takes? I've actually been free, featured on freezing cold takes. Uh, it was not for the Dolphins, though. It was for uh, somebody had asked a question. It was like three or four years ago. And it was, what is the worst idea in NFL history? And I quote tweeted it and said, Taysom Hill. And then that was the year in which Taysom Hill proceeded to have like three touchdowns on Sunday night football. He like blocked a punt uh, and returned it for a touchdown. And he had a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown. Somebody quote, and I got freezing cold take for saying Taysom Hill uh, was the worst idea in NFL history. So uh, the joke's on you. Uh, I did did take an L for that. Um, But yeah, from a Dolphins takes perspective, uh, anytime I'm not, any day I'm not on freezing cold takes uh, is a good day. Um, AAH with another good one. And then Ryan, I'm going to come back to yours next. When will you feel like Tua has gotten it between the ears? This is a complex question. There's some interesting layers here. Um, that's one thing that, that Fitz did have for better and for worse is his pre-snap diagnosis was really, really good. Um, I think I'll feel better about Tua's dynamic to have it between the ears when they, if they bring him back and they don't lean so hard into RPOs. Because the entire appeal of RPOs is I'm going to get 
a safety count to designate, you know, okay, what's the count in the box? If it's light, I'm going to run it. And if it's heavy, then I'm going to identify whatever my route combination is. And if it's two over two and we go slant bubble, I might go to that side. If it's just the slant over here, you know, uh, I'm going to eye this hash defender. And if he steps and fills, I'm going to throw. Or if he squats, then I'm going to continue to run because he would be like that extra hat in the box type. So that's the appeal of RPOs. Um, And I understand that's what Tua does really, really well. So I understand why they were such a featured piece of the offense. But you got to let him read the field. You got to let him get up behind center. And and I think the fact that they have cut down on the play calling process is going to help. Brian Flores referred to that as well immediately after the Tampa game, saying we thought it would be beneficial to get the quarterback up behind center with a little bit more time left on the play clock so he could survey more of the field. Good. Now, when two is back, keep that same energy, right? And call a lot of the concepts. I know that I, I've got my complaints with the offensive play calling, but the offensive play calling is not as abysmal. It's not like this crippling dynamic. Jacoby Brissett wasn't executing reads. There were some shot plays against Tampa Bay that, and I respect Jacoby for the toughness that he showed and his willingness in that game to sit in the pocket and work through progressions. But I don't think he trusted his arm particularly well because I do think there were some shot plays and opportunities to go after Richard Sherman with Jalen Waddle deep that he didn't take. So if I'm looking for where to is getting it here that's going to get me excited, it's I'm going to get up behind center. I'm going to identify a matchup that I know that I like. I'm going to feel confident in what the front is, what the, the blocking surface is to know I don't have to be hot. I don't have to be panicked. And I'm going to go for those big shots and be really aggressive and really confident to do it. And when he starts doing that and he starts hitting those plays, that's where I'm going to get really excited for what he brings to the table. Of course, I just get done talking about how I'm going to get excited for Tua when he starts doing something. And Ryan wants to know if Tua does not do well this season. Seems like Rodgers and Russ will be available. Do we make that move if they're considering Watson? I'd rather have one without off-the-field issues. Um, I would not put anything past this front or this this ownership. Uh, Everybody's kind of talked about Stephen Ross and his age and his appetite to have a winner. I wouldn't put anything past them. They've been really aggressive in the past. And if you're going to move off of the number five pick in the draft, you damn well better go get a confirmed stud at the quarterback position because anything else would be a very short-sighted, flawed, and uh, wasteful approach, in my opinion. Oh, Tyler, this is a heater. Fish and chips or soft shell crabs? Um, selfishly, grabs last name with two B's, C R A B B S. I'm gonna go ahead and take soft shell crabs. I think they are very underrated, personally. Sean, keeping with the themes of evaluating our talent and playing our best players, which offensive skill player should we see on the field this Sunday, and how do we put them in position to excel? Good question. Well, I know Miles Jack did not make the trip to London, and he's one of Jacksonville's better defenders in the middle of the field. You know what that says to me? It's Mike Isecki time. 
if you don't have Devontae Parker and if you don't have Preston Williams, and I know Devontae's confirmed out and Preston's questionable, I'm trying to get the vast majority of my targets to Waddle, Gasecki, and Gaskin. Like 80% of your targets should go to those three guys. And you should be deliberate to manipulate and understand downing distance situation. If it's second and two near midfield, take the damn deep shot play. And if they're going to play soft, then you got Miles uh, in the check down situation. Anything across the middle of the field should be going to Mike Kosecki. You can go ahead and manufacture the looks however you want them to. Um, I'm not real picky. What I'm not also not real picky about is Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. 100% chocolate on all their bars. They are absolutely delicious. So whether you're looking for something to grab and go, meal replacement, post-workout, midnight snack, breakfast, you name it, Built Bar can be it. Right now, you can visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ryan, if Preston is out, do you think we run more 12 personnel? Listen, if we're going to run the passing offense through Gaskin, Gasecki, and Waddle, you might as well run... 12 personnel out there with Hunter Long or Shaheen if he dresses or Smythe, preferably not. And let's get Hunter and Long involved in the offense a little bit. And let's get some bigger blocking surfaces. Let's keep them in base. Uh, and let, let's try to find Mike on safeties and linebackers. And let's try to get um, single high safety looks because they got to roll that safety down because we're in 12 and, and try and get some one-on-one shots outside on the perimeter to Jalen. Yes, I, I think there's a lot of uh, appeal to playing 12 personnel without Devonte Parker in the picture and without Preston Williams in the picture, because it's, it's kind of like that second receiver can kind of be whoever, but the value of that extra tight end hat in the box. And if that's going to dictate, if you can have some success running the football with 12 and, and two bodies and oh, Mike kind of coming in and cracking from a slot position on a linebacker, instead of being hand in the dirt or in the backfield, I think you can get pretty excited about that. Gabriel, this is going to be our last question of the day because I got to go eat dinner. College football is on shortly. Clemson tonight uh, versus uh, Syracuse. Pat, I'm definitely not answering. I'm not even going to entertain the option of my daughter being a Jets fan. Gabriel wants to know, was Austin Jackson actually decent at guard? I've seen him. I've seen clips of him getting away with holds and getting bowled over. This is the same. These are the same issues, right? We knew this was going to be the case. His hand placement. I mean, I, I pulled the shot against the the, um, the the shot to Will Fuller against Indianapolis. He's got a hand on the face mask. Hand on the face mask. Sorry for those of you who are listening to the show, not watching it. And the other one completely missed the outside shoulder of the defensive end. 
that's been a prevalent issue for him. Strike timing, strike placement, placing inside at guard worried me. Um, he didn't get tagged on it too many times. Uh, he was in survival mode, but he did look as though he was athletic enough uh, to at least work himself back into a recovery mode when he was attached on a body. Uh, he got walked back into the lap of Jacoby on the strip sack at the end of the first half. Uh, did not give Jacoby a chance to step up in the pocket as Liam was protecting around the outside. Um, I thought he was okay. I was expecting a train wreck. So for what my expectations were, I do think Austin played better than I expected. Uh, did he play good? No. Was he okay? For portions of the game, there's certainly room for improvement there as well. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Uh, this was episode number six for us. Uh, one, uh, make sure you check out, for thoughts on Van Ginkle, check out the other show that ran Today, we did front seven defenders and, and evaluated all those guys, and I talked a little bit about Van Ginkle and where he's shown up versus where he has not shown up. Um, hopefully, group therapy session this evening was very helpful for you. Uh, it's great to hear from each and every one of you. It's great to interact with you. It's great to talk Dolphins football with you. Hang in there, guys. We're in this thing together. Uh, it's Friday night. Hope you guys have a great evening. Watch some of the college football. Watch the college football tomorrow. We'll have this game out of the way early, so uh, I would expect I'll probably have the podcast up sometime on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so plan accordingly. Hopeful for Victory Monday. Uh, obviously, the news of Xavier Howard and uh, Devontae Parker being out for this game does not help that cause, uh, does not give you great enthusiasm. But listen, more than anything else, this is evaluation of Tua Tagovailoa. This is evaluation of this roster. This is seeing how they're going to handle adversity and a neutral site field. And, um, not falling into the trap of, oh, Jacksonville's 0-20 in their last 20 football games. Like, don't do that, right? Show up, take care of business. Start to put into action a lot of the things that you and the coaches have been talking about, about executing better and putting yourselves in position to be successful. Michael, prediction. Um, Dolphins 21-18. It's going to be a close game. That's my expectation. But we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm way off. I hope they win by 20. Uh, but we'll see. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. Uh, enjoy the weekend of college football, and I'll talk to you guys on Sunday night. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.